0: How to Grow in Shade, an easy-to-follow guide with me, Alan Titchmarsh. There's no doubt about it. Shade worries gardeners. It's seen as a problem spot, a a dreary spot, and a, a spot where nothing will want to grow. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. There are literally hundreds of plants that will thrive in shade because that's where they choose to grow in nature. What we need to do is seek out these plants and make use of their abilities rather than try to force sun lovers to grow where they'll struggle to survive. In today's Gardener's World magazine tea break tutorial, I'm going to talk you through how to reimagine, reinvigorate and reinvent the shady spots of your garden. I'll tell you how to identify the different types of shade in your patch and how to choose and cultivate the plants that will perform in your garden's conditions. Believe me, in a few steps and with a bit of planning, you can transform a patch of wasted shade into a woodland glade. Feel the fear and do it anyway. There are two distinct types of shade, damp shade and dry shade. Damp shade is usually found where the soil isn't too riddled with roots by overhanging trees and shrubs. It might be near a boggy area of your garden, or if you're very lucky, near a stream. The other type is dry shade, where the ground is generally riddled with roots of trees and shrubs that suck from it all kinds of moisture and sustenance. It's not an easy place for anything to grow, though some plants are adapted to thrive even there. You can tell whether you've got dry or damp shade simply by taking out a spade or a trowel and delving around particularly in the middle of summer. Most places can be dry in the middle of summer if it's still damp in the middle of summer, you have damp shade. lucky you much easier than dry shade and the alongside walls is frequently dry. These areas are known as rain shadow areas, whichever way the wind seems to be blowing when it's raining. These areas alongside brickwork and stonework can stay really dry. Now, there are varying depths of shade. If the shade is so dim that you can barely read the page of a newspaper underneath it, think very carefully about whether any plants will grow there. Think of a pine forest. What do you get underneath pine trees that cast really heavy shade? Answer, pine needles and nothing else. Now, A lot of plants aren't growing simply because the soil is very acidic with all those pine needles, but the vast majority aren't growing because there really is just too little light for plants to photosynthesize. All plants make their food and survive by taking in sunlight through the surface of the leaf and processing it. If there's no light reaching that leaf, they can't make food. And coupled with a lack of moisture in the ground, it really is a no-go area. Look at your ground. There aren't too many areas, to be honest, that are that dense. And if there's a possibility that you can thin the canopy above the ground to let in more light, then do so without butchering the trees and the shrubs. The next step is to improve the quality of the soil, regardless of whether it's moist or dry. Organic matter is the answer. Well-rotted garden compost. Well, rotted manure, good crumbly leaf mould worked into the ground will help to both improve drainage on really boggy ground but also to hold on to moisture where shade is really dry. If it's damp shade and you want to get a bit more drainage in think about digging in sharp grit. Organic matter rots down and disappears over time. Sharp grit doesn't and will stay there to improve drainage. But the most important thing is that you try and create a medium in which plants' roots will want to grow, and organic matter is almost always the answer. So you've worked out whether your shade is dry or whether it's damp. Then it's a matter of choosing plants that'll grow there. If you think about woodland, most of the flowers that grow in woodland tend to come out in spring. Bluebells, celandines, Wood anemones. Why? Well, that's the time at which the canopy overhead is at its thinnest. In winter, the leaves are off, the light reaches the ground. As spring comes and then summer progresses, so the light levels reduce, and most of those spring flowers have decided that they're going to go into estivation. Ooh, that's a posh word. It's the summer variation of hibernation. There's nothing much for them to do in summer and they can die down and stay underneath the ground until spring comes once more. The difference between a plant which is tolerant of shade and which loves shade It's quite a blurred line, really. You're looking for plants, though, that you've noticed will grow in shady areas of the garden and that you've found have been good in the past. Don't try, generally speaking, really bright flowers like geraniums, pelargoniums. They just don't like shady ground. They'll get long, tall, and etiolated because they're reaching for the light which isn't there. But there are lots of plants which will be much happier where light levels are lower, and where they're not baked by the sun. Let's look at dry shade first, often regarded as the trickiest area, because plants need moisture wherever they're growing, and dry shade offers them so many problems to get over. But some plants are more than tolerant of dry shade. They seem to positively thrive in it. Euonymus fortunii, emerald and gold, a wonderful evergreen or ever variegated low-growing shrub, which is bright at all times of year and really will grow happily in shade where it's quite dry. The rose of Sharon, St John's wort, Hypericum calicinum, bright yellow flowers growing no more than knee-high, very happy in dry shade, and so too of foxgloves. You see, gardening in shade isn't nearly as dreary as you thought, is it really? When it comes to establishing plants in dry shade, be kind to them in those first months of establishment. They will need watering so they can get their roots down and then begin searching for their own. It doesn't mean they're going to cope with dry shade from the word go. You've got to get them established and then they're capable of looking for their own moisture. You can find links to online resources about growing in shade, including photos and plant guides and troubleshooting tips, videos and much more, on our podcast pages at gardenersworld.com. And so we come to plants for damp shade. Favourites here? Oh, goodness me, I couldn't live without hostas. They adore damp shade. Those big, fat, juicy, rubbery leaves and then the flowers that come up like tall, thin hyacinths. Yes, I know when you're growing hostas that slugs and snails can be a problem. I have a border in my garden which is full of hostas. Well, there are several things you can do without having to use slug pellets, which are harmful to wildlife and to pets. The main thing is to make sure that the plants grow really well. Then they're putting on enough new leaves to replace those which might be a bit holy at the bottom. Do some picking, hand-picking of slugs and snails in the early evening in damp weather. Surround the plants either with collars of copper. Come on, Alan, I've got a border full of fosters. I can't afford copper collars for them all. You can try sharp grit. You will never get rid of slugs and snails completely. But if you encourage bird life, you've got one or two chickens pecking around your garden, They love slugs and snails, and the thrushes will really help with tackling snails. You'll hear them breaking their shells. You can also seek out hostas which are slug-resistant. There are hostas with really thick leaves that slugs don't touch. Seek them out and use them if you're a bit neurotic about it. Lungwort, with its spotted white leaves is much happier in damp shade than it is out in the sunshine, where it tends to wilt. And rogersia, big leaves like horse chestnut, which really thrives in damp shade. Then, of course, there's the carpeting bugle that can go around them. You see, you're never short, are you really? When it comes to partial shade, the palette of plants is much larger wonderful lenten hellebores helleborus hybridus in those wonderful colours of yellow and purple and white often contrastingly spotted epimediums or bishop's hat hardy geraniums absolutely brilliant and if you want a good shrub for dappled shade viburnum plicatum tomentosum mariesii oh what a name yeah but if you see the shrub horizontal branches covered in white flowers in spring Train a clematis up it for summer colour. When it comes to deep shade, I reckon you'll be hard pressed to beat ferns. There are some evergreen ferns that are really good even through the winter. Hedrohelix, Glacier, small variegated ivies are really good in deep and heavy shade and extremely good ground cover. Then there's A plant called Pachysandra terminalis. I used to think it was really boring, but I've come to love it. It's got shiny evergreen foliage and fluffy white flowers. And the foliage reflects light, beautiful. Don't overlook Pachysandra. Well worth your interest. And my Titchmarsh's trade secret for shade. Make the soil as good as you can so that the plants are keen to grow plenty, plenty, plenty of organic matter and don't let it dry out in those early stages of establishment. That's the secret of success. That's it for today. Hope you've been inspired to embrace the dark side and transform your shaded spots from wastelands to wonderland. Don't cover them with gravel, fill them with plants. Be kind and generous from the outset, and the plants you commit to the shade, along with a few spring-flowering bulbs pushed between them, will reward you for your efforts. That's it from me, but remember, whatever the weather, enjoy your garden. You've been listening to Tea Break Tutorials with me, Alan Titchmarsh, produced by Lucy Ditchmont for BBC Gardeners World magazine.